managing talent pipelines in a unique way, not just looking after the uh, sort of doing it in, in a sort of diverse uh, and equitable way, but really looking at how we can manage uh, sort of uh, attracting new talent across sort of the board, across the piece, mm. um, sort of uh, living in that global village and ensuring that um, we are kind of smarter and leaner. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams and organisations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by my first tag team. So we've got two people joining us today all the way from uh, Adelaide in Australia. We have trained psycho organisational psychologist, founding director and HR and diversity practitioner. Uh, we have Tamara Saif and we have arts management practitioner and counsellor both of you at Gravitas Consulting Services. We've got Michael Blois with us as well. So welcome to both of you. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having us, Paul. Fantastic. So um, we've got a lot to talk about, and there's some great work that you guys are doing, not only at Gravitas, but also in the, the wider world uh, that you support as well, and some lovely topics to, to cover off as we go through. But as always, I'd like to start off with a little bit of background about yourselves. What's got you to where you are today? Lovely. Thanks, Paul. Shall I, shall yeah, I kick off? Yeah, please do. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So, um, yeah, my name is Tamara, as we've said, um, sort of uh, born uh, in um, southeastern Europe, um, sort of made in London, as I sort of, uh, you know, often say. But as recent in the past eight years, I've been uh, residing as well as working in um, Australia and currently in Adelaide. Um, some time ago, back in 2014, I was kind of convinced to start my own uh, small uh, company or HR consultancy, um, a boutique sort of HR and diversity uh, consultancy uh, in 2014 in London, as I've said, Gravitas. So uh, we go by name of Gravitas Consulting Services, and we very much pride ourselves on working with a range of different clients. So anyone from sort of small scale-ups, businesses that are just building their sort of HR um, kind of functions, if you like, to companies that are going through um, a lot of changes and need a bit more help. Now, um, what really got me um, into this space uh, is um, sort of starts, um, I guess, at a point in time when I was 18, uh, when I, um, well, at that point in time, I was kind of a young student, student of uh, languages um, in a small country that used to be uh, former or is now known as former Yugoslav region. Right. So yeah. I was born in Montenegro, a very, very sort of small, lovely, lovely place, size of Tasmania, for those who may not know where it is, yeah. uh, but grew up uh, in central part of the country uh, in Bosnia. And at the age of 17 or 18, as I was studying languages and linguistics, English literature, uh, and, and German, um, kind of I wanted to venture out for, for a couple of years and, and sort of experience different cultures. Yeah. So I started with Germany uh, and spent a couple of months there as a sort of student. Um, and somewhere along the line, sort of uh, in, in early 90s, I then thought, well, you know, uh, places like London and England are calling me. I think I may want to spend about a year there and yeah. take a year out of uni. Right. So it started as simple as that. 
Um, so quite young, quite inexperienced, you know, had um, English language under my belt, but that was about it. Gosh. And some two years into living in, in London, the civil war broke out right. in, in Bosnia. Mm. So I kind of found myself in, a, in well, in a completely kind of new territory. Mm. So that was, uh, you know, quite a, quite a kind of, uh, well, quite a big, big thing, life-changing kind of experience. Indeed. Um, I've absolutely loved my new homeland. And very early on, I got um, kind of as part of that uh, um, kind of first journey, uh, living in a melting pot, you know, multicultural right. pot, I um, started kind of um, developing and strengthening my relationships, professional and personal, with people from different backgrounds. Right. There was something really inside that was always um, kind of there, um, you know, wanting to, to, to kind of experience that, um, learn about challenges and opportunities uh, that other people and communities were facing. And that is, I think, where that first thirst that social justice, human rights, and diversity and equity space kind of came mm. about. Uh, all these experiences really, really, I mean, shaped me enormously as a person, as a human, as a practitioner. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've worked with a number of organizations. One of my last sort of um, roles, actually, uh, prior to coming to Australia, uh, which was quite sort of game changing. Uh, as it resulted in me sort of subsequently founding Gravitas, yeah. was working for uh, Waltham Forest Council uh, as their first diversity, equity and inclusion uh, um, sort of manager, uh, combining that with some policy development. So I spent about three and a half years working with wonderful teams, hmm. learning a lot and developing myself. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes and restructure. And at that point, some of my sort of uh, later to be clients said, well, you know, now may be a really good time for you to try and venture out, yep. you know, and see how do you feel about being a consultant? I went, mm -hmm. oh, what is that? I'm, <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not entirely sure. It just sounds really scary. So I had an opportunity to um, sort of tender for a piece of work, which literally sort of uh, was how this journey started. Mm -hmm. And that was um, sort of um, uh, putting myself uh, sort of to work as a support person in the uh uh, working with a team um, that, that were kind of part of uh, Centre of Excellence in Skybridge Broadcasting, um, and they need someone who can help them with a bit of change management projects. So that was a three or four month tender, yeah. uh, and was very successful and resulted in me actually forming a company. Nice. And the rest is history, really. Sort of, I um, came to Australia sometime in end of 2013 or 14, and 2015, I've yeah. met. Uh, my husband and now business partner Michael. Yeah, um, yeah, and kind of who's um, yeah, who is who is kind of uh, uh, working a lot in the counselling space. Right. So in Australia, I've had yeah an opportunity to work with a number of wonderful organisations too. Nice. So that, that's kind of where I am. Or oh, fantastic. Where I, mean, I got to. Where I got to. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. And uh, yeah. uh, what about yourself, Michael? What's your background? Because I mean, with those two bits, we got the arts management and. Uh, and counsellor, you know, that's yes. potentially two different fields there. Tell me a bit yes. more about that background. Uh, and look, I spent a lot of time working in the arts. Virtually all my life I've been involved in music or theatre or management of those sort of things, uh, managing venues, doing theatre programming, uh, managing libraries, events, even showgrounds along the way. So a bit of a jack of all trades in that respect. Hmm. Uh, but then, yes, uh, as often happens, I had a relationship breakdown and that sort of led to the development of a parallel career in counselling. Right. 
particularly in counselling folk with uh, what they call cluster B personalities, you know, or, or dealing with cluster B personalities. So narcissism and okay. histrionic behaviour, paranoid behaviour, this sort of thing. Wow. Um, and that's of, of great interest to me, particularly in this topic, you know, helping people perform. Mm. Um, along the way, I spent uh, also 20 years involved in politics. Uh, and we won't go into that. That's <laughs> well, if you're, studying, if you're studying narcissists, it must be a target-rich environment, I would have thought. <laughs> well, it is. That's the point. And, and then for a short time, I was involved in education and academia, right. uh, teaching a bit, management at uh, a local college here. So put all that together, I've had a very heavy involvement in arts, politics, academia and business. And right. I'm here to tell you all those areas where narcissism thrives right. <laughs> and toxic relationships are to the fore. Right. And uh, so, yes, I've absolutely worked in that space and I, I can understand thoroughly people who are challenged working in relationships that they simply can't work out. Right. And that's a lot of my work uh, these days, you know, sorting people out and, and telling them really and explaining to them what they're dealing with. Right. Because all they know is that life has become hell mm. and it's very difficult to work and it's very difficult to flourish and, and perform in those circumstances. Wow. Oh, I mean, a couple of fantastically interesting stories and re really varied. Uh, uh, maybe that leads us on then in terms of what you do now in terms of Gravitas. Um, who do you help? How do you help them? And how does this uh, dual relationship piece work and fit in with that? Thank you. Thanks, Pauline. Sorry, I was actually sort of about to say. So in terms of that kind of helping people perform uh, scope and, and Gravitas and the side of um, work, um, I guess I'm in. Uh, that's very much focused around helping organizations understand, um, you know, how the dichotomy uh, between blending sort of the business needs and ensuring that uh, that wellness and well-being, you know, and people that are in organizations sort of, uh, you know, well blend together and thrive together. Yeah. So from my point of view, uh, you know, as, as Gravitas will help organizations um, ensure that their teams are not only high performing, but can actually uh, to the, you know, to their best sort of really learn uh, how to function well as cross-functional teams. Right. So, you know, we know that organizations that are very sort of, uh, uh, that are really truly diverse, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, gender equity and diversity or any, any aspect of diversity, um, sort of uh, really uh, kind of, you know, do, um, do extremely well and excel well. Um, you know, retention is better. Um, yep. Everything is better, really. Um, the employee experience, this is another area that is very, very relevant uh, in terms of how we um, help people perform better and be the best versions of themselves or the optimal versions, as I like to prefer right. to, to sort of look at. So one of the areas that I was going to mention today is um, in one of the areas that has just come about fairly recently, and that is supporting um, um, sort of women, senior leaders or women, female leaders yep. in managing, proactively managing uh, menopause in the workplace. Right. So Gravitas would come in and work with um, anyone from C-suite leaders to sort of senior managers new kind of and emerging uh, leaders and across the organization to really uh, ensure that people, um, you know, understand what this type of change means, yep. um, how they can ensure that they can best support sort of women at any kind of 
you know, stage of, of that journey, whether it's uh, early menopause, perimenopause, going through transition or having just gone through menopause um, and, and really ensuring that it's kind of normalised. Mm. Um, I mean, we know, and I won't go into this too much, but there's been some controversial sort of things happening actually even in, in um, you know, in, in UK as well as in Australia. Um, there were some sort of, we were hoping diversity practitioners serious talks in getting uh, menopause really sort of um, you know getting getting that into into the legislation and passing through the Equalities Act that didn't happen there yeah. wasn't enough support so a lot of us are kind of quite uh, you know quite uh, disappointed at this point in time but like with everything mm. um, you know we hope that these things will come will come at some point sort of soon and everything is just part of a change yeah. so these are some of these sort of areas where we can um, sort of certainly help and love working with sort of organizations as well as teams mm. another area just sort of to finish off would be um, and I do get uh, a lot of sort of uh, calls as well as um, kind of uh, um, starting to really think about that is um you know how how can we uh, practitioners like myself uh, and advocates help uh, organizations better understand uh, as to how they can best embed the uh, new hr new operating model so future of the workforce so how can we uh, kind of help organizations um and um, sort of um, help them kind of anything from implementations rollout of their uh, diversity equity and inclusion strategies and business planning uh and and blend that into better workforce planning given that a lot of things are going to move and are moving already towards artificial intelligence and this kind of uh you know <laughs> uh, automating uh sort of things and final area where we can absolutely help and i feel very passionate about is that talent pipeline managing talent pipelines in a unique way not just looking after the uh sort of doing it in, in a sort of diverse uh and equitable way but really looking at how we can manage uh sort of uh, attracting new talent across sort of the board across the piece mm. um sort of uh, living in that global village and ensuring that um we are kind of smarter and leaner and we really work with organizations to manage those challenges mm. so these are kind of some of the examples Wow, I mean, three massive topics yeah. there, and I know from personal experience and what I would term, you know, a lack of experience in a lot of ways. You know, certainly, you know, menopause in the workplace. Um, I don't think at any point in my career has that even been a conversation. Um, it, so yeah, I think there's a lot of conversation, a lot of education to be had in that field. Future of work, and you know, there's there's, <laughs> there's huge changes going on as we speak in that space, and I think there's going to be a lot of support required. And yeah, talent is um, and and attracting the right talent is. Uh, it, I mean, it's one of the areas that I've I've got a few uh, little projects that I'm supporting on, and and getting the right people and keeping the right people in organisations is a real challenge across the across the globe. And Michael, where where do you fit in in all of this? Well, I fit in in the other part of the equation, which is wellness. Right. You'll appreciate that wellness, you know, means that you must be healthy both well, well physically, emotionally, and mentally. Mm. And the, the trouble is these days there are so many troubles in workplace relationships and so many breakdowns, uh, you know, with toxicity in the workplace that it's very difficult sometimes for people to perform at their highest level mm. when they're facing those sort of challenges. And uh, I think, you know, if you look at it, step back and look at the world for the last several decades, there's been a trend more and more away from issues like or, or concepts of community 
and society as a whole mm. to a greater focus on the individual. Right. And you can see that in many different ways, Paul, I think. You know, the the concept of community groups struggling for membership and struggling for people to actually come and help and perform some community service. Mm. Uh, that's sort of broken down markedly over the years uh, to the point that some groups are in jeopardy of continued existence even. Yep. They can't get people to, to volunteer. Uh, and so you see it even in urban design, you know, new housing estates. And the first thing that happens is big walls go up so that you can't interact very successfully with your neighbours. Right. You know, and, and there's no space on the block for, for leisure. It's all becomes house and right. a statement about your status. Mm. You know, a lot, lot of people are more concerned about status these days than just about anything else. Right. Um, you yeah, see hey. it. You see it. Well, that's it. You see it in the explosion, I think, of social media. Mm. You know, particularly the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the TikToks, which are all screaming, you know, "Look at me! Look mm. at me!" Mm. And it's all very individual focused. Again, and you know, the, the tendency is for people to say, "Well, what's in it for me?" When they look at the workplace, and how can I get ahead? And to hell with you know anything else. So a lot of these things go together and, and have created what I believe is really an epidemic. Mm. You know, not to forget that other epidemic. Yeah. This is the real problem, the right. epidemic of, of toxic relationships in the workplace and, and the difficulties people have in working with those people and how their, their own performance becomes compromised because of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was reflecting with someone the other day. It's amazing how from my completely uneducated <laughs> uh, perspective, should we say, and uh, a non-professional perspective, what I see is a lot of those um, personality types are the ones who are rising to the top. Um, yes, and, well, that's absolutely it. Yeah. You know, many leaders are, unfortunately, of that ilk. Mm. And, and what we're seeing in the counselling field, of course, is, is a great need uh, for in employee assistance program counselling, EAP counselling, uh, for people that are badly affected by that. Mm. And you perhaps also see it too in the explosion of life coaching, right. people looking for solutions in terms of how do I get on in the workplace and how can I, you know, stand a chance of rising to the top against, you know, all this, this competition yeah. from these <laughs> overwhelming yes. narcissistic people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, life coaching has become a very big part of general counselling now. Yeah. Oh, some some fascinating stuff. And uh, um, I just want to touch on a couple of other things. I know in previous conversations that we've had, you mentioned other work you do with the likes of E.ON. Could you just describe um, that that sort of side of it in terms of what, what you're doing? There? So there's, there's, a, there's a number of organisations that we'll, I also partner with, um, but also have, I've been very humbled and really grateful for the opportunity to have worked with some amazing organizations in the past seven years. So uh, E.ON stands for the Equal Employment Opportunity Network. Uh, they started about 30 years ago um, and uh, yes, yeah, started out as a sort of small uh, not-for-profit uh, in Melbourne. They're a Victorian-based organization um, and in the seven years that I've, I've been with them, I started off as the uh, committee member just looking after some of their events, uh, management, supporting and facilitating, uh, and then being asked to sort of sit uh, on the board advisory two or three years later, which was wonderful. Uh, I've just actually recently sort of stepped down from that role and have given the floor to, you know, other voices. 
But um, Eon basically at that point in time, about seven years ago, uh, was mainly sort of just a smaller network, if you like, right. uh, of practitioners, educators, um, you know, act, um, rights activists, social justice activists uh, from all sort of walks of life and organizations across the board, private, public, tertiary, uh, to have, um, you know, had a sort of relatively smaller sort of a membership base. Right. Uh, they now have uh, more, uh, more than sort of 120 members across Australia, uh, as well as sort of uh, some newer members from uh, Asia Pacific, Canada. Right. So, you know, we've we've done some some amazing work and outreach work. Um, yeah, so, um, sorry. Uh, I've sort of had some great mentors and coaches uh, right. that I today also work with and develop relationships uh, with uh, sort of President of Eon, um, uh, Roman Rosbatsky, that I'm sort of hoping to kind of uh, introduce and always love to introduce um, sort of um, he's actually one of the first male champions of change uh, in Australia right um, and that was uh, it's you know absolutely amazing he's a chemical uh, analytical chemist by by wow. trade so yeah. very very interesting uh, yeah so I've had an opportunity to work with a sort of number of organizations as well as cultural synergies uh, that are also sort of global organizations that do anything from executive coaching to cross-cultural uh, coaching um, yeah, so uh, certainly sort of that pro bono element is very, very important to me. And I'm hoping right. that, uh, you know, that will extend in the future. Yeah. And more recently, I've been um, asked, which was very nice, <laughs> to uh, contribute uh, to um, SDIG. Uh, it's a Systemic Inclusion um, Global sort of um, network. Uh, it's a platform, basically a digital platform, um, you know, enabling uh, DNI. Um, professionals uh, across the globe right. to really sort of share some great stories, uh, problem solve together and, and really use that platform to, uh, you know, support others in learning, uh, coming up with uh, kind of new things and challenges within profession. So, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, and as always, I'll um, make sure that links to these organizations and the yeah. and the websites and things that are definitely in the show notes, because uh, I'm sure there's going to be some listeners who want to find out a bit more about those organizations, may, maybe get involved. And uh, I think that's Absolutely. Some fantastic stuff. They are, uh, you know, growing, always looking for new people to join, always looking for um, sort of, you know, new, new, fresh voices and contributions. Absolutely. They'd be delighted. Yeah. Brilliant. And you touched upon one thing there that maybe takes us nicely into the, the this next section of the uh, of the interview, the, the chat is um, how do you help your own performance? You know, who do you go to? What uh, what inspires you to perform better in your own fields? Yes. Well, look, um, that kind of thing. It's uh, for me, it's always kind of ensuring that I try and sort of get out of my, you know, as they say, stretch your zone, comfort yep. zone as, as much as possible. So it's kind of that learning or self-coaching, you know, so now we've right. got a, that principle of self-coaching. Um, I, you know, obviously try and sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, stay abreast in sort of different different ways by getting involved in sort of uh, in terms of in various activities or programs uh, to stay abreast of what's going on in the profession. Uh, but I also, and I am actually, uh, at the moment, you know, um, I'm, I'm sort of talking to a number of uh, sort of different um, individuals and organisations where I hope that I would be getting, uh, you know, if you like. Uh, yeah. And what about yourself, Michael? How do you help well, yourself perform? I, I think, look, it's important, whatever situation you're in and whoever you are, to look for mentors. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that's very important. And I've had two or three really good sort of mentors in my life. And... Mm. Uh, 
and I've relied heavily on them and the, the messages they taught me, mm. uh, you know, pretty early in life. Uh, so that's vitally important. If I was to sort of mention a couple in the field we've been talking about, though, um, I think uh, there's a bloke who actually was born in Britain, now living in Melbourne, uh, called Jeremy Scrivens. And uh, it's interesting that he and I are both former cathedral choristers, but Jeremy works as director of the emotional economy at work. That's wow. what his firm is called. And mm -hmm. he's very much a you know futurist and a consultant on the notion of, of how collaboration in a digital world should happen in workplaces. And you know, where does, where's the social good and where, right. where does that fit into the workplace? Uh, so, you know, his work is, is very much aligned to this topic and, uh, and uh, it's complemented by the sort of work I do, I think, in terms of the personalities involved. But, so he's, uh, he's one good example, I think, in this particular field. And the other one I'd point to is, is Jordan Peterson, uh, <laughs> the Canadian psychologist and author and, uh, and uh, he wrote that book, of course, 12 Rules for Life. Right. And, uh, and very, you know, in some respects, quite controversial. Uh, he describes himself as a classic British liberal and a traditionalist. Right. <laughs> Which is maybe why I like him. But... Yeah. <laughs> Just maybe. But, you know, yes. the rules, and if you've read the book, you'll understand it. But, I mean, one of those rules is to treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. Right. You know, so it's about that love for others and the, the want to sort of in, in, instill that in others around you in the mm. workplace, perhaps, uh, you know, and to love yourself in the process too, certainly. Right. But, yeah, they're, they're good examples, I think, of people that have, have a lot to offer yeah. and a lot to mentor in this field of uh, helping others at work. Yeah. I mean, so it's a common answer that comes up in that section in terms of mentor yeah. not only coaches but the mentor side and yes, the a lot of the conversations I've had with people who don't necessarily have a mentor mm. are that they're not they don't see the value that they're bringing to the relationship as a mentee uh, any tips or uh, or experiences that you share uh, from from that side in terms of why is it a positive piece for them for the mentor as well as the mentee I think the answer is simply that you can learn something from everybody. And, you know, if I went to another rule of Jordan Peterson's, it's the one that says, assume the person you're listening to, to may know something you don't. Right. And, and that really says it, you know, if you're a, a better listener, if you can become a better listener and listen, you know, keep your mouth shut when necessary and absolutely take in what others are saying, you'll go ahead in leaps and bounds, you know, we don't know everything about everything and and you can learn so much just by being quieter sometimes and taking on board what others are teaching essentially you know people themselves are great teachers because mm -hmm. we've all learned something along the way in different respects and uh, as i say if you're prepared to understand that and take on board different things from different people mm -hmm. become a much rounded more rounded individual too that's really great. I, I was just going to actually add to that, but also previous to that, sorry, as you were talking about, you know, uh, people that had real impact on um, your development and your thinking. For me, just thinking and 
putting that into context of uh, people's performance and leaders and leading with humility, empathy and um, um, achieving good impact is, um, you know, Daniel Goleman has been absolutely, you know, for a lot of people is drucker. For me, Daniel Goleman is a drucker of sort of, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of management. So that Daniel um, Goleman is the uh, father of EQ, you know, right. uh, emotional sort of uh, um, intelligence. And it is really that emotional intelligence uh, that... Um, you know, aspects that I'd always bring in in my own work and working with others and ensuring that, um, you know, um, sort of organizations um, are really sort of developing, evolving, and that teams, teams kind of work well. And going back onto what Michael was talking about, mentoring and mentees, absolutely. You know, I've had an opportunity to work with Australian HR Institute a couple of years back when uh, whilst we lived in Melbourne. Uh, and in particular, I've had a, a wonderful opportunity to work with two or three international students. They were all from sort of, uh, you know, different parts of the globe, um, different challenges, um, you know, and in that mental conversation, I always wanted to ensure that I've taken that um, active listening approach, but also intersectionally, because it is all always well it's often it is often um you know it's a challenge to really kind of as you're listening to take in different aspects of a you know of an individual and human and try and kind of put it up in a you know mm. some of different parts so take that holistic approach right yeah, yeah. so oh wonderful uh, yeah i know from my own experience as well um when i have been a mentor to some people it's uh it's you know, I find the the whole process massively valuable to me in terms of cementing a lot of my learnings uh really challenging my my own self as well as less like was that really that's the way I did it at the time is that really the best way maybe there's some other options and uh, it does open you up um uh, so I'd, I'd encourage everybody out there anybody listening seek out those mentor relationships if uh and don't forget that the mentor gets as much out of that relationship as the mentee so yeah brilliant absolutely a um, couple of sort of slightly different questions now in terms of if you had the opportunity to work with any individual team or organisation that you could bring your own skill set to, that you could help perform in some way, who would you want that to be? Do you want to go first? <laughs> it's easy for me because I, I would just say anybody who is affected by toxic relationships right. uh, and particularly in the workplace. Mm. Um you know, usually, as I said, people don't know exactly what they're dealing with. They just know that life is difficult right. and they can't quite work out what's going on. Mm. So we're very, very interested in helping anybody in that space. Mm. Uh, and uh, there's a contact form on our website. They can fill in and, and make touch and, and uh, very happy then to set up sessions and, and provide that advice as to, you know, perhaps what is going on for yeah. them. Okay. Uh, so... Very often, you know, when, when you understand what you're dealing with, life becomes easier. Yeah. But people are sort of blindsided blindsided by the behaviours right. and they get very involved in the heat of what's happening mm -hmm. and you simply can't think straight with some of these people. You know, they're so forceful and so overwhelming mm -hmm. and so sure that you're in the at fault and they're not. <laughs> it's just becomes very difficult to function easily. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, as I say, we'll keep make sure those links are in there so that so that people can reach out. What about yes. yourself, Tamara? Uh, well, look, my list could be sort of as long as my arm, but uh, again, as I've said, sort of, uh, 
very happy to work with organizations that are just at the beginnings of their journey, sort of small scale-up startups, um, you know, right through to sort of cross-functional teams and across the board. Um, there are a couple of organizations that I would absolutely, if I could turn the clock back, and I'm thinking more actually within sort of your patch or our patch or my expat, yeah. <laughs> so UK, I would have loved to have had an opportunity, not that it can't happen now, right, or in the yeah. future, given that I operate sort of globally. Um, CIPD would be wonderful. Right. <laughs> Chartered Institute of Personal Development, or even as the Equalities Commission, because mm. I truly believe that they may need a helping hand with a couple of great sort of, uh, you know, practitioners and real voices that want to support all that just, you know, not mm. just pushing through the legislation, but really great practices in terms of some of the things that we mentioned, whether it's menopause in the workplace or something else, you know. Mm. Um, Construction and mining utility is always very challenging, whether it's sort of in Australia or, you know, New Zealand or, or globally. So the likes of the BHP would be or, right. you know, they're already doing some good work. But there's always great things to learn from and also do better. Right. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So if there's anybody from those organizations, you know, <laughs> do reach out. That's what I always say there. And flipping that on its head a little bit, then if you could sit down and have a, a coffee or a glass of wine or a dinner with any individual or team <laughs> who would you want that to be in terms of someone that you believe could help up your own performance and learn from we had a bit of a laugh about this one and i said before i answer do not because my table would be too full <laughs> <laughs> whereas i'd probably just want to sit down with someone and, <laughs> you know for me that someone would be churchill right because you know when you're going through hell keep going that was his mantra. And he was a person that struggled all his life with mm. depression right. and adversity mm. and black dog, as he called it. Mm. And yet, you know, over a particularly long career in national service, he was able to get through every adversity and come out a winner eventually. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, along the way, he had to manage and massage a whole stack of different personalities. Mm. Uh, and he did it very successfully, ultimately, you'd have to say. Right. So he'd be someone I, I'm sure I'd learn a lot from. I don't know that it'd be a coffee. It's probably something strong. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so with Churchill, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and enjoy, you know, things through into the evening, I'm sure. Fantastic. <laughs> what about yourself, Tamara? Uh, well, sorry, I was just going to add on, on to that sort of adversity journey. We've kind of, uh, you know, shared certain things around the... Um, that, um, Sort of recent event with the Australian Open, yep. and with Novak Djokovic kind of uh, winning his tenth, um, you know, tenth Slam. So it's that piece around sort of adversity and overcoming adversity, which, mm. which, which, you know, mm. that there's a lot to sort of learn from that. My table may be too full. I don't know. My my ideal would be having, um, you know, the Obamas, right? And for so Barack Obama, uh, really just his, you know, just his full legacy in terms of what. He has um, attempted to achieve. Uh, for me, he was an absolute visionary who has, you know, had right, um, you know, he really, uh, yeah, that whole kind of um, racial equity um, piece. Um, you know, his lovely wife, Michelle Obama, absolutely wonderful. Everything, you know, uh, I mean, a lot to learn from. Um, people like Simon Sinek. Uh, very, very interesting sort of, uh, you know, kind of interesting character and a lot of things in terms of that leadership kind of uh, piece um, and, and um, kind of coaching. So certainly a lot to learn from. And uh, I just love Brené Brown, but then who doesn't? Right. So 
uh, yeah, you know, my table could be a pretty, a pretty kind of intersectional and pretty colorful. That's <laughs> Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. That would, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly would be. Well, um, how do, the final question then, how do people find out more? How do people get in touch? Uh, where are you active? Yes. So our website currently, <laughs> we, we do appreciate it's kind of looking pretty basic at the moment and we kind of own up to that. That's going to be sort of our focus for the next uh, couple of months. There will be a piece that Michael will be hoping to yes. sort of talk about in a moment. But basically they can go to the website. Uh, there is a contact form, certainly can get in touch uh, really easily with us. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's in an email contact at gravitasconsultingservices.com. Uh, that's sort of the, the best way to find us. Yeah. Uh, at this stage, uh, as I said, so we're plugging in. I mean, I work. we work with a number of partners, particularly, um, you know, from my end and from Michael's end. We are revamping that. So there'll be kind of some, uh, you know, we'll be merging <laughs> sort of things. So people will be able to uh, kind of look at, uh, yeah, they'll have access to uh, other organizations and companies we work with um, and certainly sort of find out about all these lovely organizations we've talked about. Yeah, there is yeah. something that Michael was oh, going I to mean, just that, introduce. I'm in the midst of a 40,000 word dossier that'll be condensed down into an e-book or six. Brilliant. <laughs> all different facets of the the topic uh, that I've been talking about uh, and that narcissistic personality and how to deal with it, how oh, to identify yeah. it, how to get on yeah. with other well, so, we'll yeah. make sure that all of those contact details are in the show notes and people can get in touch. But uh, I mean, a fascinating conversation, so much to uh, to cover off in that space. Um, really love the work that you guys are doing. I think there's a huge future and a lot of support required in a lot of those fields that we've talked about today. So uh, I think you've got yourself a, a great niche. Um, keep up the great work. And thanks for being <laughs> on the show today, uh, Tamara and Michael. All right, take Cheers care. Now. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review, and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.